Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. The God I serve knows only how to triumph. My God will never fail. My God will never fail. Gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. There's power in the mighty name of Jesus. Every war he wages, he will win. I'm not backing down from any giant. Cause I know how this story ends. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. There's power in the mighty name of Jesus. Every war he wages, he will win. I'm not backing down from any giant. I know how this story ends. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. 
I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The battle belongs to you, Lord. We know that you are fighting for us. Hallelujah. Thank you for victory, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Right now. Um, we have a special guest that's going to come up. He, Aiden, has been working in Sunday school on a special song. He's going to lead us today in worship on a song. If you want to go ahead and come up front. So, yeah, he's been practicing for a few weeks. Oh, honey, go right up front where they can see you. How about on the floor? You might, uh, Yeah. Okay, so we're going to have him up here, and he is going to lead us in worship. If you, the, oh, everyone, you can be seated. All right, are you ready, Aiden? Are we ready back there? All right. Oh, hold on one second.
Awesome. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. We need to lift his name on high. From heaven to earth, he showed us the way. Right, Aiden? Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for what God is doing in Aiden's life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Through you, I can do anything. I can do all things. Because it's you who gives me strength. Nothing is impossible. Through you, blind eyes are open. Strongholds are broken. I am living by faith. Nothing is impossible. I'm not going to live by what I see. I'm not going to live by what I feel. Deep down I know that you're here with me. I know that you can do anything. Through you I can do anything. I can do all things. Because it's you who gives me strength. Nothing is impossible through you. Blind eyes are open. Strongholds are broken. I am living by faith. Nothing is impossible through you. I can do anything. I can do all things. Because it's you who gives me strength. Nothing is impossible through you. Blind eyes are open. Strongholds are broken. I am living by faith. Nothing is impossible. I believe, I believe. I believe, I believe in you. I believe, I believe. I believe, I believe in you. I believe, I believe. I believe, I believe in you. I believe, I believe. I believe, I believe in you. Through you, I can do anything. I can do all things. Cause it's you who gives me strength. Nothing is impossible through you. Blind eyes are open. Strongholds are broken. I am living by faith. Nothing is impossible. Not gonna live by what I see. I'm not going to live by what I feel. 
deep down I know that you're here with me. I know that you can do anything. Through you, I can do anything. I can do all things. Cause it's you who gives me strength. Nothing is impossible. Through you, blind eyes are open. Strongholds are broken. I am living by faith. Nothing is impossible. Through you, I can do anything. I can do all things. Cause it's you who gives me strength. Nothing is impossible. Through you, blind eyes are open. Strongholds are broken. I am living by faith. Nothing is impossible. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we know that we can trust in you because all things are possible through you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, that I don't have to trust in my feelings or by my sight, but Lord, I know that you can do all things. Nothing is impossible. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Walking around these walls I thought by now they'd fall But you have never failed me yet Waiting for change to come Knowing the battles won, for you have never failed me yet. Your promise still stands, great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. I know the night won't last. Your word will come to pass. My heart will sing your praise again.
Jesus, you're still enough. Keep me within your love. My heart will sing your praise again. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. I've seen you move. You move the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. You've made a way where there was no way, and I believe I'll see you do it again. I've seen you move. You move the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way. And I believe I'll see you do it again. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way. Where there was no way, and I believe I'll see you do it again. The promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. Hallelujah. Oh, we have confidence in you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. You're an awesome God. He is altogether faithful. When we are not, He is faithful to us. He's faithful to His Word. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are the King of kings, and you are the Lord of lords. You are ever worthy of worship. You are ever worthy to receive all praise, all glory, all honor. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are mighty. You are wondrous, and you are altogether glorious in this and in every place. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We do worship and praise our Creator this morning. You are an awesome God. You are an awesome Savior. Hallelujah, Jesus. We delight ourselves in you this morning. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. You are my King. You are my Lord. You are my God. You are my Savior. You are become my salvation. You are my hope, my peace, my joy, my strength. 
Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. You are my all in all, my ever-present help in time of need. You are my person and my exceeding great reward. Thank you, Jesus, for your manifest presence in this place this morning. Your presence is everywhere, but you have manifest yourself here this morning with us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your great goodness to us, Lord, your long-suffering patience toward us, and for your so great faithfulness. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I am so thankful for you, the relationship that you have initiated with us. You have called us into a covenant relationship with you. What an awesome thing. What an awesome thing that is. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. I wonder if we can get some of our brethren up here. We need to pray for Brother Shepherd. things to us. He is most certainly our healer. Praise God. He is our salvation. He is our hope. He is all things that we have need of this morning. Amen. Whatever situation we find ourselves in, whatever circumstance we face, we find our answer in him. The Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 1. And then we'll jump down to verse 4 and read to verse 13. 1 Samuel chapter 16 verses 1 and then 4 through 13. And the Lord said unto Samuel, how long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil and go. I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. Jumping to verse 4. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake, and came to Bethlehem, and the elders of the town trembled at his coming, and said, Comest thou peacefully, peaceably? And he said, Peaceably, I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. 
<clears throat> Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. And it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Then Jesse called Aminadab and made him pass before Samuel, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Then Jesse made Shammah to pass by, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel, and Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, and withal of a beautiful countenance, and goodly to look, look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Let's pray one more time and ask the Lord to bless the remainder of our service. We'll be speaking specifically to men this morning, although it can apply to all of us today. We'll be speaking on this topic, the hero's journey. The hero's journey. Lord Jesus, I am so thankful for you, for your so great salvation. Thank you for your precious word, the holy writ, that you have delivered unto us for our strength, our encouragement, our counsel, our guidance, our correction. Hallelujah, Jesus. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would speak to your people this morning, that you would speak to us. We need to hear Jesus Christ today. We need to see Jesus this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. Minister to your people, specifically the men of our congregation, the men who are listening to this today. I pray, oh God, that you would undergird them with strength today. Help us, Lord Jesus, to understand exactly who we are in you, who we need to be in you. Let your name be glorified in our midst today. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. God bless you. Thank you for responding to the presence of the Lord. You can be seated. Today we are celebrating Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all of you. I'll be addressing men in general today, though. I've heard preachers say that, I kind of alluded to this at the end of the first service, men don't always appreciate Father's Day sermons because <clears throat> they say, Mother's Day, we get to hear about how good women, mothers are and how blessed we are to have them, and rightly so, but Father's Day comes around and we get corrected and chastised and encouraged to do better. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be doing a lot of that today, but I will try to help us to understand who men are in God, why we're here, what we're supposed to be doing, 
Men have been much aligned in our society in recent years, actually recent decades. In storytelling, there are certain literary devices or what they call tropes that uh, writers use over and over again, and primarily because they're so effective. They're effective for, in my opinion, two main reasons. One, they appeal to something unanswered or unsatisfied in us. The other is that they appeal to something innate in all of us. One of these tropes is called the hero's journey. This one appeals primarily to men for the above-mentioned reasons. Here's how the hero's journey typically goes. The main character starts out in some boring, average position in life, unnoticed, unremarkable, not really going anywhere. Not a loser, really, just unremarkable, average, plain. No one that would really stand out. Then, as the story progresses, something remarkable happens in his life. He falls into a situation that will somehow affect the fate of the entire world. And eventually, we discover that this individual is integral to its resolution. This situation cannot be resolved without the help of this main character. The hero encounters a series of disasters, hardships, and traumas that serve to shake his belief in himself and in his mission. Am I really supposed to be the one doing this? Am I the one that's been called to to take on this task? Toward the end of the story, we see that the hero has overcome all obstacles to achieve spectacular victory and has truly become for everyone the hero of the story. Today, as men, we find ourselves in pretty much the same situation all the way around. Men have been marginalized. We hear, where we used to hear, Father knows best. We hear terms like toxic masculinity, mansplaining, gender role reversal. Men are basically made out to be idiots who can't get from here to there without a strong, intelligent woman telling them how to do so. Now, don't get me wrong. There are strong, intelligent women. But there are also strong, intelligent men. There are also morons on both sides. We can be perfectly frank. But men used to be the head of the household. They used to be the one that children would come to for advice. They used to be the one, the, the, the glue that would hold society together. In churches, they were the ones that would lead in worship. In churches, they were the ones that would lead in prayer. But today, that's largely not the case. In society in general, men have been so confused. Men coming into church today, teenagers, young adults, have no idea what they're supposed to be doing as men. They don't have the first clue 
How am I supposed to act? I can't do this. I can't be a man, but I can't be a woman either. What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to resolve conflict? I'm not allowed to get angry. But I can't resolve conflict by talking it out for three hours either. That's typically not how men resolve conflict. If you look at a schoolyard, two boys that get into a conflict, they end up fighting it out. And then they get wore out, they start laughing, and they're best friends. That's how men resolve conflicts. But that's not allowed today. Today, we're, it would be seen as propagating violence. <clears throat> but that's who we were created to be. I'm not saying that we were created to be violent. I'm saying we were created to be fighters. We were created to be protectors. And when we see a story, like one that comes to mind immediately is J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings series. If anybody has ever read that, it's a really long read. And you'll go through pages and pages of forests and trees and leaves and brush. But through it all, <laughs> we find... A very typical example of what we would call the hero's story. Frodo Baggins is a typical hobbit, and he's very content to be so. But he ends up with this, this magical ring, and it sends him on this journey, this, this epic journey, and, and it's fraught with peril. And, and for whatever reason, he's the only one that can carry this evil ring to its destruction toward the end of the story. And once, once this ring is destroyed, the evil, the evil monster is, is going to die and everything is, is safe. Everything is resolved. But not until the ring is destroyed. If the ring is not destroyed, the, the world is going to be overcome with evil. And it falls to Frodo Baggins to do it. All throughout the story, he has doubts. He has fears. He's, he's weak. I mean, if we can be honest, I don't like the character. He has some strong people around him, and that's the only reason he was able to succeed, but he, he was kind of weak. But anyway, uh, he's the one that falls to, and he's the only one that can get it there. At the end of the story, he does. And he becomes, he becomes the hero. The world is saved because of him. That appeals to something in men. That appeals to something in us. One, because it's innate in us. We want to be the heroes of the story. We want to be the heroes of our children, of our spouse, uh, of our communities, of our church. We want to be the ones that go out and risk great things and do daring things for God and succeed. We want that. We want, we want to be a part of that. And it also speaks to something unsatisfied in our lives. In our lives today, we have, typically we're going to have a job, and we go to work, we punch the clock, we do our thing, and it, we come home, 
buy some groceries, eat, go to sleep, go back to work, get a check, buy groceries, and on and on and on until we're dead. And in the midst of it all, any reasonable thinking man would start to discover that there's got to be more to life than this. There's got to be something more than this. I'm not saying it's not important to go to a job and collect a paycheck. It's very important. But it doesn't speak to that innate part of us that God built in man to do great things, to strive for great things. Going to work is is necessary. It's it's important to bring the, the money in to take care of our responsibilities. But there's there's another part of us that wants to go slay the dragon, that wants to go rescue the damsel, that wants to be a hero. And these stories that we read, these instances, especially in Scripture, they speak to us, and we want to be a part of that. But in our society today, it's hard to. Role reversals, gender reversals, gender confusion. What men are being taught today in school, high school, colleges, is exactly the opposite of what God teaches in Scripture, if you can imagine that. In every aspect of Scripture, we're going to find that Satan has the exact opposite that he'll present to us. He hates God. He hates God's laws. And so whatever God says, if God says... This, Satan's going to say that. That's just the way it is. We saw recently Trump. (laughs) Love him or hate him. The example I'm presenting is, Trump could say that, I have the cure for cancer. I can demonstrate I have the cure for cancer. But the other side would say, no, this is evil, this is wrong, we can't have the cure for cancer. Not because they want cancer, but because Trump said it's good. So it's got to be evil. That's what Satan is doing with God. If God says this is good, Satan says it's evil. And vice versa. We are truly in an age where evil is good and good is evil. So when it comes to manhood, we are going to get a very distorted, warped picture from the world. We cannot get our information on what is right and wrong from the world. And as an aside, this will be a freebie, as a church, we can't compare ourselves to the world and think as long as we're above, we're good to go. Because as the world goes down, so will our standards as well. We'll still be above, but we'll just be about 10 years behind. Our standard is Jesus Christ. Our standard is the Word of God. And when it comes to manhood, that's our standard as well. So men wander through life confused, scared to be men because being a man is wrong, but we can't be women either. So where does that leave us? In all of us men, there is something inherent, something deep-seated, something God-given that strives and yearns to find expression. And as I speak this morning, 
you men understand exactly what I'm talking about. Maybe you haven't thought about it in a while. Maybe you've resigned yourself to the fact that this is all there is. But at some point in our lives as men, we thought these things. Certainly as kids, our childhood games was slaying the dragon, rescuing the damsel, attacking the base, doing these things. Not because we came from a violent era, although the cartoons were kind of violent. Bugs Bunny and Roadrunner was... <laughs> anyway, with that one exception, it wasn't a necessarily violent era. I mean, if we look at Scripture, that was a violent era. Scripture was pretty violent. We know we have been created for something more. We know that. This is what causes men to rush off to battle. This is what causes men to, to be willing to die fighting to protect their loved ones, to protect their community. That's built into us. We want to be a victor. We want to be the protector. We want to be the hero. In our scripture text, in the early life of King David, we see that he kind of fits the bill here, doesn't he? He's a shepherd, very underwhelming and unremarkable. He's the youngest in his family. He's subordinate to everybody. And he comes from an average and pretty unremarkable family. He's got a good lineage. Ruth and Boaz. But at this point in time, fairly unremarkable. And then, all of a sudden, something remarkable happens to King David. Well, the shepherd boy David. The God of Israel singles him out to be the next king. He sends the prophet there and singles him out by name and tells his prophet, anoint him. He's the one I've chosen. That's pretty remarkable. David's going to be the one. He's going to be the hero of the story. He's God's chosen, God's anointed to rule over his people. <clears throat> but it doesn't exactly happen like that, does it? He goes into a period of training and then a great big period of hardship. In fact, it was about 15 years before David, between David's anointing and the time he finally ascended the throne. 15 years. What was going on in that 15 years? All kinds of fun stuff. All kinds of good time. It was filled with hardships, setbacks, betrayals, disasters, both personal and professional. He was on the run for a lot of it, for his life hiding in dens and caves of the earth. And the people that were around him were runaways, castoffs, people who were dissatisfied with the reign of Saul. 
But David came through this period refined, focused, and ready to lead because of his reliance on God. At the end of the 15 years, David was ready to be the king of Israel. We could just as easily use the life of Joseph. God gave him dreams that he was going to be ruling over his family. And then he went into slavery. And then he went into prison. Not a very good start. I don't see how this is leading to be being a ruler. But God turned it around. And he ended up being the number two man in Egypt. The life of Moses. He's supposed to be the deliverer. Ended up running for his life. Ended up on the backside of the desert for 40 years, tending sheep. It's an all right job. Hard, but respectable. But this isn't what God called him to do. This isn't who Moses was. After the 40-year period, he saw the burning bush, and his life was changed forever. As men, we have been given the role of protector, of warrior, and hero of the story. It's God's desire that we live up to this, that we be more than just someone that goes to work and comes home and goes to work and comes home. Again, it's important, but we need more than that. We were created for more than that. We were created for great things. We were created for heroic things. And when we start living up to that as men, we start entering into who we were created to be. God is wanting to call us out of obscurity and mediocrity to overwhelming purpose. And after that calling, there has got to be in every man's life a period of hardship and setback and disaster. Why? Because we've got to be ready for that calling when it comes. We see in Scripture all the time, We get the promise, we get the calling, we get the anointing. But it's a long time before we actually enter into that office. A long time. And in the middle is all kinds of junk. Or at least that's how it seems. But it's getting us ready, it's preparing us, it's refining us, it's focusing us so that we can effectively and faithfully discharge the office that we're called to. As men, we are called to be the priests of our home. Are we fulfilling that role? Do we have devotions in our home? Are we teaching our family scripture? Are we leading our our families in prayer? In church? Are we leading in worship? Are we leading in prayer? I'm glad we have praying women. I'm glad we have worshiping women in our church. But if I can be frank this morning, that's not their place. It's not their job to lead us in worship, to lead us in prayer. That's our job. As men, we are the ones who are supposed to be leading. And I don't say that disrespectfully, ladies. Please understand that. 
If Scripture taught me something different, I'd be preaching something different. But that's where we're at. The man is supposed to be in charge. Now, when I say that, I don't think there are any men here that are going to do this, but there are men that will be like, yeah, that's right. I'm in charge. You got to do what I say. Someone that reacts like that, I promise you, they don't understand the responsibility that comes with that. It's an awesome responsibility to have. To be the ruler in our homes is an awesome responsibility. To be responsible for the souls of our children, the souls of my, my wife, that is an awesome responsibility. And if you think about that for a moment, there's no one in their right mind that would strive to, to, to take that to themselves. Yes, we have authority in our homes, men, but with that authority comes an equal level of responsibility. That's why we have the authority, is because we're going to stand before God and give an account for the authority that he's given us. Did you use it properly? Did you use it according to my will? Or didn't you? He has given us authority. And we have got to use that authority wisely. We've got to use it properly in accordance with God. We've got to rule, but in the fear of God. Understanding that we too will give an account. We are under authority as well. <clears throat> we are responsible to the Lord Jesus Christ. We are responsible to those in authority over us. But when we understand that position, when we understand, yes, we have authority, we have the responsibility that goes with it. Yes, we have authority, we're under authority. When we understand our proper place in the kingdom of God, don't trip on the strip, then we can start fulfilling what we are supposed to be doing. We can start living up to this hero's calling. We can be the hero of the story. God wants us to be. He needs us to be. Everything that's happened to us as men in society, everything that's happened to us specifically in our families, in our personal lives, has made us the men that we are today for better or for worse. I hope this morning that we are not satisfied with where we're at. I'm glad that I am where I am. I'm glad that God has brought me as far as he has. But he's got a long ways to take me yet. I want to keep moving forward in that. There are higher things that God has for us, greater things that God has designed for us to do, yet in the future. And I fully intend to experience every one of them. Because that's who God made me as a man. That's who God made you as a man. Someone who is willing to fight and sacrifice and commit 
to get something done for the Lord Jesus Christ. I hear stories about, some of you have told me stories about uh, people that have sacrificed to work in this building, people that have sacrificed to build, to pour concrete, to uh, sacrifice time, energy, money, to get something built out of the ground for Jesus Christ. People in the past, uh, forefathers that we've had spiritually, who have preached and preached and preached and fasted and sacrificed everything to see the gospel advance, to see the kingdom of God built. What a greater calling than that. There is no higher calling than being a son of God, being a child of God, an anointed minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. All of us have been anointed by God to be ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. All of us. What a greater calling. There is no higher calling than that. There's no greater purpose than that. We can't aspire to anything more. So that is our aspiration as men. That is our aspiration, to be the hero of this story, to be an anointed minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, to be the spiritual head of my household, to be a leader in this church spiritually, to be a leader in my community, a leader at my workplace. That is who we were called to be. We've touched briefly here and there on spiritual battles. That is where, as men, you can get as violent as you want. When you enter into a closet of prayer and start praying for the city, start praying for your loved ones, start praying for those at work, you get just as violent as you want. The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. That appeals to me. I like hearing stuff like that. I like hearing that God is a God of war, a God of battle. I like hearing that he's the captain of the hosts of Israel. I like hearing that he'll teach my hands to war and my fingers to fight. That appeals to me as a man. That's who we were created to be, to fight, to achieve victory spiritually. Amen. The reason we're drawn to this trope, the reason we're so attracted to the hero's journey is because this is exactly what God intends for us as men. He intends it for all of us. But on Father's Day, I'm speaking to the men. You are not to live lives of mediocrity. You're not supposed to. That's not God's will for you. You're not supposed to be mediocre. You're not supposed to be average. This idea of the average Christian, that's an oxymoron. Christians aren't average. They're not. They're heroes. You're not supposed to wander through life purposeless. 
God designed you to live lives only found in the pages of heroic fantasy. The guy that slays the dragon. The guy that saves the entire world. That's the life that we're called to live. Not necessarily here, but definitely spiritually. When we enter into a closet and start fighting, we can expect to slay some dragons. We can expect to rescue some damsels in distress. In the spiritual fight, God has called us to be violent. God has called us to fight, to protect, and to win. Let's all stand. I want all of our men to come forward. We're going to pray for our men. Because men are the authorities, because men are out front, we're the ones that are going to take the hits. We're the ones that live at the front of the battle. In our homes, we're going to get hit first. In our churches, we're going to get hit first. That's our place. That's where we want to be. We want to be protecting this congregation. We want to be protecting our families. I don't want my kids to get hit. I want I want to take the hit. I don't want my wife to get hit. I want to step in front of that blow. That's my place. That's my responsibility. That's my privilege. I get to fight and I get to protect my family and this church and my community and each of you. Because of that, as men, we need prayer. That is our place, but we're still fallen human creatures, aren't we? We're not always up to the task. We're not always up to our responsibilities. Sometimes we fail. Sometimes we're weak. Sometimes we just don't want to be out in front. We're tired. We're tired of getting hit. We need others to come around us, hold our arms up, strengthen us, encourage us. That's what we're going to do this morning. Women, if you have a man here, I'd like you to come stand next to him. If not, just pray for these men in general. We're going to pray for Brother Bell as well, Sister Bell. Amen. Men need prayer. Our society today abhors any idea of biblical manhood, but that is exactly who God created us to be. 
That is exactly who we need to be. Let's all pray. Let's pray for the men of this church. Pray for strength, wisdom, that we can faithfully and effectively discharge the responsibilities that God has given us as men. Amen. Yes. Let's remember Michael Rudy as well. Amen. Let's pray as a church. Lord Jesus, I am so thankful for you. I am so thankful that in this age of confusion, this age of doubt, this age of fear, that you have given us specific directions in your word. You have given us instructions as to who we ought to be as men. Help us, I pray, in this day and age, to live up to every aspiration, every expectation you've given us. Not out of duty, not out of a sense of condemnation. Yeah, I really should step up. But rather, because this is, this is who we aspire to be as men. As boys, this is who we've always wanted to be. And this is exactly who you want us to be. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Not because we have to, but because we get to. We get to live these lives of heroism. We get to live these lives of victory, of success. Hallelujah, Jesus. We pray for our men this morning. We pray for all of our men. The husbands, both here and not here. We also pray for Brother Bell, for Michael Rudy, others who are not present with us this morning. Help us, Lord Jesus, as a church body to support our men in prayer, understanding the awesome responsibility that we've been given. As men, help us to live up to the responsibilities you've given us, to discharge faithfully the authority that you have anointed us with. To not lord it over God's heritage, but to rule in the fear of God. We will give an account one day. Help us to do so with joy. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We pray for our men, now most high. Anoint us. Watch over us. Protect us. Strengthen us. Encourage us this morning to live up to the aspirations, the dreams, the hopes that you've placed in us as men. They're not just hopes. They're not simply dreams. They're ideals. They're they're who you want us to be. Help us to become violent in prayer. Help us to become violent in fasting. Help us to fight as men. Help us to fight, to sacrifice, to give. Help us, Lord Jesus. Help us to enter our, our proper office. 
Help us to protect those around us in prayer. Help us to take the hits when no one else can. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. There is so much you you desire to do through us. So many things you desire to do through us. I read a book a while ago. I can't remember the exact title, but it was something to the effect of why don't men want to come to church? And it had the gist of the book was that churches have been largely feminized. The songs that we sing, not here, but in general, are about God's love, how much he loves us, and it's an important concept to to understand and to grasp, certainly. But when that's all we focus on is how that God loves us, and, and he loves us, and he loves us, and he loves us, there's more to God than that. And... The more we focus on that, the, the more uncomfortable men become. That's that's not where men are at, by and large. And the old hymns talked about the blood. It talked about his sacrifice on Calvary. It talked about warfare. <clears throat> And, yeah, the church triumphant. Coming through adversity to achieve victory. And so these, these are what appeal to men. We need both. We need the love of God and the severity of God. We can't focus on one or the other. I want all of God. Amen. That aspect in us, that 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 desire built into us as men can and has to be satisfied. A lot of problems men get into today are they don't know how to satisfy those needs. And so they go hither, thither, and yon, trying things. It will never work, but they don't know anything else. God has our answer this morning. This is who we're supposed to be. Amen. We'll consider ourselves dismissed. We have some hokey gifts because of the move. 
it was a little bit last minute and everything was sold out. 